Hello, welcome to From the Brooklyn. My name is John. Uh, today is Wednesday, the 17th of May 2017, and today uh, is the day that Watford announced that uh, Watson Zari will be leaving Watford at the end of the season. So I thought I'd give Mike a call. Let's see if he answers. Hi, mate. Sorry it took me a little uh, little while to answer. I was just doing my Watford FC bingo card. <laughs> how, many, uh, how, many, how many have you got so far? Well, I just I just need a, their Watford, for heaven's sake. What do they expect? And I've got a full house. I don't know if anyone do. You might, you might not have seen it so far, but uh, Mike put up a uh, Watford bingo card. Uh, is, is it, it's, is it, it's trying to find a way of surviving um, what is going to be said about Watford fans, isn't it, over the next couple of days? Basically, yeah. We've heard it all before, haven't we? Basically, every... Uh, every close season for the last, what, three or four years, haven't we, really? And uh, I just find it fascinating how little people seem to know about Watford and how um, unprepared people are just to dig a little bit further into uh, into the way we do things. But hey-ho, the onslaught has commenced already. Uh, uh, no no great surprise, is it, really? No. Um, but that, 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 I mean, that's part of football, really, isn't it? No one knows as much about your club as, as you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll do that. So uh, I'm I'm not going to ask the question. Uh, are you surprised? Because the answer is uh, no. I suspect I'm not surprised. No, but I'll I tell you what I am, which has surprised me a little bit. I was on the um, I was on the radio earlier. It's quite it was a, it was a pleasure to talk to Hawksby and Jacobs this afternoon on uh, on Talk Sport. And as I found myself sort of going through the chronology of it and describing what how the way I see it uh, and why it's gone wrong, I actually felt a little bit sad, and I didn't expect to feel feel sorry for, for Matt sorry, but I do a little bit. Um, and I also feel sad because I think it goes without saying that whenever, as Watford supporters, whenever someone's involved, we want them to be a, a success. We want the club to be a success. We want anyone associated with them to be a success. And the fact that um, it's ended like this is, obviously means that it's it's been a disappointment and a, and a bit of a failure, which always leaves me feeling a little bit bit sad. I like everyone's experience with Watford, apart from the opposition, of course, to be a positive one. And I sort of it's a bit always a bit of a regret when um, it feels like Matsari is going to go away with a bit of a negative feeling about it. But yeah, like you say, absolutely no surprise. You just have to look at, if nothing else, you just look at the last results, the last sort of um, seven results, the nature of them, and it, it kind of tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? So I always trying to think when when did I first start to think? Oh, I think Walter might not survive the season. Now, yeah, you, know, you can sort of go back to to Spurs. Um, at the beginning of the year, where you know, as the sort of start of the downfall, and 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 the, these last few games is more like a, a nail in a coffin. Um, I don't necessarily think it was the the, the full reason. Do you, do you put a uh, either a game or a, can you put it down to a a certain part of the season where you know you start thinking maybe this is this is the time? I don't think it was that particular game that I thought Matt Zari was going to be in trouble, but Stoke at home has really sort of stuck with me as a as a shining beacon of everything that's that's really niggled me about this season. And it was the fact that we only lost the game 1-0, but we never, ever looked like getting back into it. It's just the nature of that defeat it was so insipid. It was so lacklustre. It was so feeble. It was We just gave up. And it was a mixture of people not being bothered and, and ill-disciplined. And it was incredibly frustrating to watch. And I think looking back on it, there's been there's been too far too many games like that. Um, in more recently, Hull away when... You know, we were in the game. We were doing really well. They went down to 10 men. They scored on the break and we had absolutely no response, no ability, no desire or willingness to, to get back into the game. And they kind of bookend the season for me. And I think that that for me is the real reason why, why he's gone. I think the inability to... When we lost, we lost bad. We lost hard. Even if it was 1-0, we were never in the game. And I think the inability 
to to change a game that quickly set in. I thought I was quite impressed to, to start with. We were we were one of the big complaints about Kike was that he never didn't make substitutions, wasn't didn't change his tactics, didn't change things up. Whereas initially Matsari didn't seem scared of making changes and he and he changed his tactics up from game to game. But that quickly sort of that that positivity quickly faded, didn't it? And when the very very few occasions where we had those memorable wins, we've so spoken about them ad nauseum. You know, West Ham away was great. Um, Man United, Arsenal, etc. Yeah. The rest was bad, and and it was really bad. And that's it, it's a, it's cumulative, isn't it? it? It just that's why people were fed up with the season. Not because we were only on forty points. Not because we weren't dispatching people three or four nil. It, I don't think it was ever that. I think it's the nature of those defeats and the the fact that we were so far from victory so many times. And it, it, you have to level the, that at the boss. I think the players have to take. Um, some responsibility. I think they're culpable to a large degree. They go over on the white line, but also this is a talented side that he's been unable to to mould into into something to, better. Um, and they, they've been far too disappointing. I also think the other thing is, John, um, sort of, you, you, people like Decore who have played the last quarter of the season and have looked like player of the season um, contenders. You've got to ask questions. Why isn't he? Why weren't we seeing him before? He was almost shipped out of the club. And what, what a travesty that would have been. So the sort of player management seems to, if you look back on it on the whole piece, player management seems to have been been poor. And, yeah, just inability to, to motivate the side, inability to put out a side that can regularly be, be competitive in the Premier League, which is difficult. Yeah, yeah. But the but the way we were, were losing and the way we weren't winning games was so, so dire. That's, that's why I think he ultimately is gone, because there's no... Real reason. There was no real reason to it to, to think it was ever going to get any better. Because I, I sort of look back now, look at the whole season. You know, you saw the game. Uh, you know, after Man United uh, win at home, we lost away at Burnley. And you know, was that uh, was that just the the hangover, or was it because these players weren't turning up? Or and, and yeah, you you talk about there's two sort of phases. I think that to that there's either uh, a team that is uh, motivated. Uh, and that's yeah. what you do put that towards the manager, but as well as themselves, uh, and and they really have seemed motivated when they play the big clubs, um, and that sort yeah. of says to me that they are. I don't want to use the word selfish, but as as individuals, they sort of go right. This is a game I want to do well in, and maybe they they play well as a team in that game by default or by accident, maybe. Um, but then the games against Burnley, they just don't have what I would call resilience. For but then, but, when, yeah. when they when they are well behind, when they're not doing very well, the resilience sort of go right now. Come on, lads, let's go. And, and I've never seen a second gear. But we, against you say we've done well in the bigger games. We've done well in the bigger games twice. You know, Arsenal, Man United. We've been absolutely taken to the cleaners by by Tottenham twice. The home game um, with Arsenal was was appalling. Um, Liverpool away was was a disgrace. Um, you know, it's not just the big games where they, where they turn up because it's it's demonstrably not not true. And I understand what you're saying when when they have clicked into gear, they've looked great, and it has tended to be on the on those bigger stages. Because the Man United game, I think the thing about Man United game, why you turned up, it was, you know, it was a, a big game that we, uh, you know, because it fell after the fairly close game against Chelsea um, mm. and a really bad home result against Arsenal that yeah. it seemed to be, right, we can do this and we want to step up and do something against one of these teams in this opening seven games, which looked like a nightmare. Um, and yeah. then the Arsenal game, like you said, you know, maybe that's because it was at the end of the beginning of that window 
sorry, the end of the, the January window when there was a bunch of new players and it was like, right, now this is our chance to show off for the rest of the season. But maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I'm being a bit too, uh, too, you know, building up those games as, as, as too much. No, I think I think we're right to we've got to cling on to those because let's not you know let's not let's not be too um, let's not put ourselves down too much. I mean, a we've stayed in the Premier League, which is which is good. And but you know, if you beat Manchester United at home and Arsenal away, they're great great results, and that's why we want to be in the Premier League to go to those sort of stadiums to have those sort of players and teams visit and to and to turn them over is is fantastic. What the the problem with those is is those those high tide marks are so extreme compared to the rest of the season they almost feel like you know they almost feel like Lincoln's cup run do you know what I mean they're so mm. um they're so out of character for the rest of the season that they like you say they've shown they can do it you know Etienne Capu for example you know away at Arsenal absolute um absolutely unplayable but how many other times did we see it not enough and yeah. over the piece it was just um I don't mind playing defensive football I don't mind being um tactically um sort of defensive because that's you know we're playing uh, probably what you could fairly regard as better teams with better players so you don't want to go too gung-ho and get opened up I don't mind the tactics to being uh, you know knowing that we're probably going to if we are going to win we're going to win one nil but being so regularly able to execute those tactics and then when we do go behind absolutely having absolutely no idea of uh, of what the what the plan b is or i hate that phrase absolutely hate it <laughs> but you know what i mean what what we're going to do if if it doesn't go to plan what you know there's no evidence of it whatsoever was there and it was i get why so many Watford supporters have felt felt alienated and i think that's manifested itself in in complaints about matt sorry and his and his communication issues i think personally it's more to do with um, we haven't. It's not about feeling connected with with Matt Sari. It's not about hearing him speak English. It's about not feeling connected with a side that haven't really put in the sort of rough and tumble, exciting performances that that really we we expect from from Watford. Because I think the from I was just watching a press conference a couple of weeks ago with with Walter, and I think even if he spoke it in English, he's not a warm person. He's not friendly and smiley like Kike. So I don't no. think you're ever really going to warm to uh, to a guy like him because you know what you want to put his rub as, as a serious sort of a fella. Um, the, the, the thing that we will never quite know 100% is what happened and what the relationships are like. We don't go to the training ground. We don't, we're not those people. But the, and we can only talk about what, what we feel as, as, as fans. The one thing that he had, which, which might have been, was the, was the injuries. And we oh. don't know how much they hampered him. Uh, in what he wanted to do, what, how he wanted to play. And, and you, know, you talked about wanting to know how Watford played. Maybe he just couldn't get that going uh, the way yeah. he wanted Watford, Watford to be played. And I think you know, Simon Burton said on a podcast uh, 4.39, when we spoke to him and um, uh, Mike Walters, that we need a character and we need some definition. Uh, we did have definition to a point with um, Kike, but then that sort of didn't sort of, ride itself out over the season uh, and turn mm. into something bigger and bigger that you'd then go, right, and next year I can see where level two is. But we're not going to get another, we're going to get another summer of starting again. And that's that's the sad bit. You say you were, you felt sad for Walter. And I, yeah, I do. Um, anyone loses their job, um, as some of us have had to have in our lives, you know, it's it's sad. But then the it, we're starting again. Yeah, and I, well... 
that's it. I maintain, and you know, we mentioned at the start when I, uh, at the start of the call that you know a lot of people say, "Oh, Watford changed their manager as, as quickly as they changed their socks," sort of thing. It's a it's an annual thing, and I will, as it stands, I will defend um, Scott and I will defend Gino for for the policy because I firmly believe it's about improvement, and I don't think it's about improvement getting us into the Champions League. I don't think it's even improvement getting us to the, into the Europa League. It's about making us established in the Premier League and comfortably established. And by that, I don't mean getting to 40 points and then relaxing. I mean, getting to 55 points at the end of the season. Well, no, I mean, uh, uh, two more wins would, would, be, would have us in eighth. Yeah, well, the fact that we've got one game left makes that makes that tricky, uh, John. Yeah. But, uh... I'm just saying, no, but, no, but two more wins across the season at some point. Oh, no. yeah, Sunderland yeah, yeah. away, Hull away. A few yeah, more points here than everywhere. We would be, the feeling would be completely different, wouldn't it? But on, on the flip side, though, if we'd lost that game at Arsenal, I was looking. Um, I was looking at the, the other teams that played that, that night, and I think Palace won. I think Swansea won that night. And had we not won all the way back there in in late January, I think we would have been down with the dead men. Um, it would have been. I think that would have closed the gap to sort of three or four points to the to the relegation zone. And I I think I suspect had we not won that game at Arsenal, I think we would have been relegated this year. Um, we weren't. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> we weren't. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, but like I say, I will, I will maintain that I will back them. And yes, you're right. There is an, it's that nervous excitement, isn't it? It's nervous tension about about who they're gonna, who they're gonna go for, who they're gonna bring in. I think they, hopefully, the couple have gone to school on these, on these last two appointments, which both, you know, Kike and and Volta have gone south after Christmas, really. Um, if you like, and and I saw a, a piece on the Watford Observer earlier. I haven't read it properly, but that was sort of suggesting that that Max Ari was was suggesting that he wanted out as well. Um, so he may well have walked before he's pushed. I'm sure that will come out in the fullness in time. But I think that was probably a similar thing with Kike. I think much as though Watford had probably had had their their fill of Kike, I think he had their his fill as well of of, of whatever. So. Both times there's been a parting of the ways that has looked, sounds or looks like it's been inevitable for for quite a long time. So they will want to avoid that. They don't want to hire and fire coaches every year, especially you know this time uh, Matt Sarri's brought with him a, a big um, a big backroom staff. So this is going to this is going to cost them. You know, it's a three year contract that they've got to pay up for him and him and his um, him and his staff. So they they don't want to do this, uh, but I I am. 100% confident they're doing it with, with Watford's best interest and heart. And I think and I hope um, that they will have learned. They will have learned about the sort of character trait that they need. They will have learned um, about how the players need to be, about the parameter, about the boundaries that the, the coach and player relationships need to operate operate within. I mean, we did talk to her, there's another piece, I think it was on the Hertfordshire Mercury, that one of the players has skipped training to play golf this week. And, you know, you can't have that. That, and that that, that is down that's downright disrespect to the manager and that's probably an unhealthy mix of the players being too having too much power and knowing that he's on his way out um and the manager not not having the discipline or the the ability to to make a player understand that you go to training you don't play golf can you imagine if you didn't turn up for for your job tomorrow and you said I've fancied nine holes instead you know it's it's an absolute it's obscene. Yeah, and and um, that's not just and, bad. That's not bad to uh, that isn't just bad uh, towards the manager. That's bad against every single one. Hundred percent, and that's what that's what I mean. That they will they need to make sure that they get a man who can make sure that doesn't happen. 
And I think they need to, you know, that the players need to understand the, the boundaries they're operating within. You may not like the manager, you may not respect the manager even, but you always act with 100% professionalism. And, you know, you have to question whether we've had that um, for, for the fullness of time. You have to question whether whether Walter has had 100% from those players all season, because I, I doubt it. And you, you, you're right to mention the injuries. We've, we've flitted around a bit. It's exciting nights like this, isn't it? Hmm. It almost feels like a, it's like election night or something. Yeah, yeah. When there's something bubbling in the air and bubbling under the water. It's, uh, so we're, we're, we're jabbering on a bit. But you did mention injuries. And yes, I will. I think that's definitely, if you know if Walter was going to take to the stand and argue why why the season didn't pan out as well as it did, he would point to, to Pereira, he would point to Zarate, he would point to Yanmat being unfit, he would point to the, you know, for the last six weeks the the, the defensive changes we've had to make, and and he would certainly have a point. But I think the players and perhaps supporters, having read what they've read in the in the local press, would stand up and and shoot back. Would they have been injured if it wasn't for the you know what has been described as draconian training methods? You know, eleven v eleven in training, um, never having days off. Is it any wonder that these guys are getting injured? Mm. Um, so lots of sort of questions. And, and really, to be honest, most of it, a lot of unsatisfactory sort of bits and bobs have, have, have come out of the season. Ultimately, we're, we're in the division, which is, which is a great achievement. You look at the teams who are, who are disappearing down in the championship, even at the bottom end of the championship. It's very, very difficult to get into the Premier League and stay there. We're doing a great job in that respect. But we need to neaten up, don't we? We need to. There's too many sort of frayed edges, and I think everyone's learning on the job. Um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, Gino Pozzo and and Scott Duxbury, who I'd say would, the guys steering the ship, you know, haven't been at Watford for ages. You know, what half a decade, five years, um, um, isn't isn't that long, is it? It's it, uh, so they're learning, and you'd like to think that that these guys are going to going to be here for the long haul and are setting Watford on a, on, a, on a course for the long term. They've got the long view as opposed to um, just wanting to get us in the Premier League, line their pockets and, and off they disappear. I don't I don't feel that at all. So I think they'll be keen to, to learn from the, the evident and demonstrable mistakes um, and move, move Watford on. It's a massive gamble. Like we said, outside Stamford Bridge, uh, what feels like weeks ago already, hmm. um, you know, it is a gamble if we're going to get rid of uh, Volta. It is a gamble if we're going to get get rid of, of key players. But the first, the first cards have been dealt, if you like. Um, and yeah, you know full well that um, that work will be going on. As while we're having this conversation, I'm sort of sitting, kicking back, having a beer, watching uh, Sheffield Wednesday labour to uh, against against Huddersfield. You know that, that that Scott, Gino, Luke Dowling, the guys at the club are going to be sweating on on trying to do what's right for the club. That's um, opinion. What's sort of happened so far? Let, let, we'll have a chat in a minute about what's going to happen next. But I suppose the opinion everyone really wants to know about how they feel about this is um, is is Arlo. Uh, you know, Mike's yeah. uh, surname is Parkin. He has a son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Hello, Arlo. How are you? Bad. You're bad. Why are you bad, buddy? Because. Are you feeling a bit down in the dumps because Watford have got rid of the manager? No. You're not? Well, anyway, regardless of your uh, foul mood, Watford have parted ways with Walter Mazzari. What do you think about it? Good. You think it's good? You think they deserve, uh, Walter Mazzari deserved to lose his job? Yeah, because he is very naughty and he's very bossy. He's a bossy boots. So they've done the right thing? 
Yeah. Who do you think Watford should get instead? Mm. Jose Romino. Jose Romino. Arlo, lovely. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope your mood improves. Thank you. Maybe Mike Arlo was just in a bad mood generally, uh, and then the Walter thing sort of just turned up. Um, but let's let's think about next. And I don't want to necessarily talk about play uh, yeah, individual men. You know, we can't pick them apart and and, and sort of make a decision at this point. Um, I am going to say though, I would love Slav back. I doubt it's ever going to happen. <laughs> but if there's anyone I wanted to come back, there's the one that got away. I think I've said it before. I would love Slav, and and the thing, I suppose what I want from having Slav back. And this is what I really want to talk about: is what do we need? Uh, what yeah. does this man need to be? Um, um, not necessarily have done, but what does he need to be? And the thing with, with Slav was, you know, we saw a man who clearly could get a team energized, could get them fighting, could get them to to turn results around. That you know, that Bolton away game, the yeah. you know what happened in the at the Brighton game. Yeah, you know, he was, yeah, he was a motivating manager. And I think I don't feel either either Kike or Walter, wherever that they are, no. you know, much more in the, the, the tactical camp. I think that, I think, I know, I know you're, what you mean about Slav, and I don't think you're, you're serious in, about him coming back, but what I would say about, about Gino Pozzo is I'd be very, very surprised if he went back to a former manager that he'd no, let go, because absolutely. I think that would, that would be an admission that he, that they'd made a mistake in letting him go in the first place. Um, it took him a while to get going at Fulham, didn't it? And ultimately it ended in, you know, in in failure really because they got to the playoffs and and didn't make it into the Premier League. So I've got nothing but nothing but love for Big Slav, um, mm. which is just as well because he's terrifying. Um, <laughs> uh, but you're right; it is it needs someone with a bit of a bit of steel that that he had, a bit of a bit of charisma, which he did. And you and you're right because you you mentioned earlier about about Volter and just the way he is. He just seemed detached, and that's kind of the guy he is, and that's not his fault because. That's you know some people are, are sociable and they'll they'll speak to everyone in the room. Other people will will stick to their mates, and other people would rather not go out at all. And you know it's it's different strokes for the different folks. He was one of those guys who was always going to be distant. Um, his the football was always going to have to do the the talking for him. And to a degree, it was the same with Yakanovic. He wasn't he was he wasn't the most open of. Um, well, I was trying to figure out. Uh, so chat, this this, pa- this party of managers, Kike's up dancing and and socialising. <laughs> Walter. It Slav's at the party, but he's not, and Walter doesn't turn up to the party, does he? Is well, that what we're maybe saying? Walter sort of, Walter might have sort of might have been in charge of logistics, maybe. Oh, okay. Know, he might have might have hired the DJ or something. I don't know, but yeah, he probably. Well, would, he's not drinking because he's on driving. Yeah, okay. well, I think maybe you're right to start with. He probably wouldn't have turned up. Slav would have turned up and driven. <laughs> yeah, so he'd, have, he'd have shown his face, smart suit. Um, blown off a couple of tabs. Um, probably had a, 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 a nice looking, nice looking drink. The footballer's manager version of James Bond, basically. Um, <laughs> and then gone home. Kike would have been there working the crowd. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so but yeah, we need someone with that, with that, with with an air about them, with something mm. there, with something that the fans can can hang their hang their hat on and say, yeah, you know, I love him because of this. You know, what, and everyone's got their little reasons they like their the they're idols I suppose but they I think that the most important thing for me is they have to be able to deal with these players I mean they are a they're a it's a fantastic array that we've got there if you look at who we've got you know people like Pereira, Niang, um, Prudel, 
Um, just think about the internationals they've played in, the clubs they've played in, the people they've played with, the people they've played against. It's extraordinary. We've got all bases covered in terms of experience. And there's going to be egos there and there's going to be different beliefs in terms of how football should be played. There's going to be different ways people act. And harnessing what we've got there is a difficult job, um, but one that the next manager has to do. It just absolutely has to do. So is there Um, anything else they need to be? I mean, I know one of the um, jobs they've got to do is I think they need to define a football club, a football team, in terms of how they play and how they, more, yeah, how, not how they play, how they win. And I don't think we, well, we know how we how we were going to win games this year. They you need know, to be able to articulate it. They need to be able to articulate. Yeah, I mean, do, do, they ha- do they do they have is... to speak English? No, they need to get across what um, what they're trying to achieve. So I set this team up today because I wanted to do that. I thought if we can keep it solid for 75 minutes and then hit them on the break, um, then I thought we would, that would give, gave us our very, very best chance. X, Y and Z was out injured. We had a tough, we've got a tough game coming up on Monday night. So this is why I did that. And I think, you know, two sentences like that uh, speak at least, you may agree with it, you may not. But at least you say, right, OK, I see where he's coming from. Don't agree with it. Um, I think you should have done this. Or, yeah, yeah, I think that was the best plan of action. So I think, you know, that that communication side of things, you have to be able to articulate what you're trying to achieve for this football club. We never got that with, with Matt Sari. We never got it. Uh, apart from speaking English, uh, is always the thing that I think a lot of people are going to, you know, it, 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 literally, if we, we, we find, you know, we can easily find a manager who, yes, technically speaks English, but doesn't speak it particularly well. It's a hard language to learn. Uh, but is there a... It, I sort of would like to see what a british english manager would do i don't know okay. if, i don't think they're there but and maybe maybe the nationality I've, I've said the wrong thing but it's that sort of temperament absolutely i've got absolutely no i couldn't care if they came from timbuktu they have to understand what the job is currently at watford okay. and the job currently at watford is to knit that 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 sort of what, what I reckon is quite a disparate bunch of players. They need to knit them together. They need to get them performing, not just as a team, as a club. As a club. And that needs to happen every match. Every match. Because mm. it just hasn't happened for a season and a half now, really. And mm. he needs to, whoever the next boss is, needs to come in and he needs to deliver 50 points next season. And then, and then if he's going to stay next year, he needs to deliver 53, 54, 55. Um... And I don't care if we win every game 1-0. I don't care if we win every game 4-3. If that's what he does, he has to understand the job. Um, and that is to, again, steady the ship, but but take away those frayed edges, take away the things that aren't working right, take away the, the bad feeling in the, in the, in the, in the camp that, that seems to bubble to the surface as soon as the, the going gets tough. You know, as soon as we start losing games, it all, it all comes out in the media, well, I'm not happy with the manager, we're not happy with this, we're not happy with that. Mm. Not good, you know. It's not not good enough, um, and it's a work in progress. It's not going to happen overnight. But as long as the new manager, the new head coach, understands the job, then I haven't got a problem. If it's another Italian, if it's if whoever, French, German, Bulgarian, American, whatever, doesn't matter. If they're good enough to do the job, fine. But they have to get it. They have to understand, and they have to commit, and they have to get the players to commit as well. I do worry a little bit about um, at this point, you know, who's who's going to take the job. You know, is it still viewed from outside as um, 
like being you know Watford manager job is the same as being the uh, you know uh, teacher of the dark arts at, uh, at Hogwarts where you only last mm. one year. Um, mm-hmm. Who's going to want that job? Um, now I didn't have that before, but now I sort of feel maybe we might start losing people who just are questioning coming to the club. It's a worry. I'm not saying it's definite, but it, yeah. it's a worry. I would say that this is a, this. On the contrary, I would say that this is a magnificent opportunity for a confident and competent head coach to make make the job his own. I don't think there's any doubt that if if he if a head coach does the job correctly and does the job that we need him to do, he'll be retained. There's no way that someone would come um, and move the club on and do the things that we've talked about and then be moved on just because it's the end of the season. It's, a, it's, it's an obscene notion. So I think any any head head coach worth their salt would say, right, this is what an opportunity for me to come in here and, and really make my name and, and stamp my stamp my name all over um, a project that's got a lot going for it. There's there's great players there. Um, there's there's enthusiasm in the town. You know, every, they, it's on the up still. Um, so what a great opportunity to come in and work hard, uh, instill your get get your blueprint and and turn and bring it to life. You know, and bring it in, bring the discipline in and your in your style of play. And if you if you get it right, you'll be rewarded because the fans will love you. They've got talented players at, at Watford. I think they'll react and 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 you'll be you'll be rewarded with 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 keeping your job. Um, you know, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but look at Fergie. Yeah. He he turned it round and he kept doing it, so he stayed in the job. Um, good managers who do the job they're brought in to do don't tend to lose their job. Um, and 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 Gino and, and Scott are no different in that respect. They're not going to get rid of someone just for just for the sake of it, just to keep things fresh. That's why I mean they need to. Whoever comes in needs to understand what is required here. Um, and I don't think people should be put off by the fact that um, that head coaches have have departed. That's because they haven't. I, I firmly believe haven't done what we what we need them to do at this stage in the um, in this stage of the process. So, it, what I think it's a fabulous opportunity, absolutely fabulous opportunity for someone. So uh, he has got a swan song on Sunday at home to Manchester City. Uh, will he go for broke? Uh, will he put all the young players on? What will he do? Who knows? <laughs> but it'd be fun to to sit in the stands and and watch what unfolds, uh, and especially look at Twitter to see uh, an hour before kickoff. Uh, who is in that starting eleven, or or not in that starting eleven? Yeah, um, that's that's what's going to be interesting. And you, we've got a couple of weeks ahead of us uh, until a, a new manager is, is probably going to be named. Um, this is this was a bit of a, a one off. We, I, you know, we we said we'd have a quick chat on the on the phone, Mike, um, about this, and we, we've been chatting for a fair while. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, do keep sending your suggestions for uh, the top ten of the season. Uh, Walter's exit will not be in the top ten. This is a celebratory <laughs> podcast. Um, no negativity in 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 uh, in Sunday's podcast. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening. Uh, do follow us on social media at Watford Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you on Sunday at Vicarage Road for one final Walter Waltz with Watford. Thank you very much, Mike. You're welcome. I'm just going to go and see if I can cheer Ilo up. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end.